I'll never forget being at Fort Lauderdale International Airport a few weeks back, sitting at one of the airport's bars watching TV and eating bagels, just trying to blow time as my hotel's check-in wasn't until 3 p.m. and my flight had touched down closer to 8. On almost all of the TVs, every news outlet broke a story saying that the FAA had banned all 737 Maxes from flying. One problem though, there were actually still people at the airport whom had a scheduled flight that day on, you guessed it, a 737 MAX. Some of the people to my understanding had even already boarded these planes, only to be asked to disembark. I've never seen anything like it in all my days of air travel. People were literally stranded at the airport to no fault of their own. There was no dangerous weather that they could have planned around. There weren't any, you know, last minute storm chasers who tried to travel and beat the storm a day or two before it came. There were no hazards on the flight plan. Just a normal airport in a matter of minutes turned into a hostile hotel. But how does this exactly happen? Working in the field of, I guess from point A to point B, I understood exactly how it could, especially once the story began to be explained a little more. A young lady sitting next to me, watching the news, angrily shouted, what do you mean the pilots weren't trained? A lot of passengers also asked this same question in disbelief, but spending the majority of my life in transportation, I understood this common problem too well. This incident's roots begin at one of the bigger hidden evils in all of transportation. The notion that time is money, and if something is sitting, it's not producing revenue. For as long as I can remember, transportation has had this underlying culture of not adequately training its professionals to the level that some other professions may. Now, am I suggesting that transportation professionals go to school for eight years like doctors? No. But am I suggesting the overall training of transportation professionals be a little bit more detailed and intricate? Possibly. In wake of the Max's issues, news broke that the pilots, as well as the first officers, were actually new to the job. Well, you're probably wondering how does this relate to this? It goes back to the overall culture of transportation. Our unwritten codes and rules put a lot of emphasis on learning on the fly, as well as figuring it out as you go. If I had to be honest, at my transit beginnings, I thought it was kind of cool. It was a neat way to separate the men from the boys to say, kind of filter the good and the bad. So I just kind of went with it. And as I got more time in and I learned a little bit more, I just figured it out. In most situations, I had the experience to kind of just avoid them getting worse, you know? But in this, I began to understand just how unsafe of a practice this actually was. In a previous piece of content I did, I spoke on how I felt transit's process for route training bus operators was outdated and efficient. In this piece, I mentioned how I personally never really knew my assigned 150 route a few years back. I had just grabbed a map, a few pieces of paper, and went with it. We kind of had this running joke on the inside for as long as I can remember. Whenever in doubt, just grab the paperwork and figure it out. In a field where the focus needs to be on the road at all times and distractions like cell phones are banned, why am I almost being encouraged to drive with a piece of paper in my hand? Well, because that's just kind of the way things work in our field. Friends of mine who work in all fields of travel share the same sentiments. At our job start, it's very competitive. In our career, 
post-training is contingent upon how fast we can grasp the information and go drive. As I stated earlier, when vehicles or assets sit, they don't make money. In our field, we're given just enough to learn the immediate techniques, certain maneuvers here and there used to drive, and that's about it. But where we lose the ball at is similar to where the Max lost the ball at. It's situational driving. This has an extremely significant impact on the safety of the people we serve. Piggybacking off my statement earlier, why was it acceptable to begin with for me to drive this huge bus with multiple people's lives in my hand with one eye on the road and another on a piece of paper? But I was new at that period. I'll give you an example of me in what I would like to call seasoned veteran form. Roughly about a year ago, while driving in revenue service on a crowded bus, my engine firelight came on on my dashboard. Now, up to this point, nine years in, I never had a bus fire, and I really didn't know what to do. Common sense says to get off the bus as soon as possible, but should I pull over? Do I evacuate the people through the rear door or the front door? How far do I need to move them from the bus to safely secure them from an explosion? Do I leave the bus in the middle of the road and evacuate there? What about the surrounding cars? Do I try to extinguish the fire if it's small? So many questions that I didn't have the answer to because I was never trained to handle engine fires. Fast forward the story a bit, I was later instructed by phone to just activate the fire suppression system if it hadn't already engaged itself. Wait, there's a fire suppression system? Where is it? It's auto-engaged? but there's an override to manually use it? What color is the button? How does it work? I had so many questions, but following instructions, I just engaged the switch and poof, this humongous yellow cloud shot from the rear of my coach and pretty much suffocated any potential flame from the engine compartment. But in this, a more important issue arose to me. Why hadn't I been trained to use this? I mean, my CDL books gives me a super small sample size of what to do in a fire. I mean, it just kind of says just get off the vehicle. As if I already didn't know to get off of a vehicle that's on fire, you know. But as I've said before, that's the culture. Just get enough at the bare bones and figure the rest out. This situation brought me to think of just how many things I hadn't actually been trained on. Brake failure wire at high speeds blown out tires, losing control of your bus, new interlock systems, passenger and medical emergencies, additional technology, and so forth. There were so many situations that have arose in my career that I've just kind of had to learn by messing up. Why is this an acceptable practice? While being trained to drive and maneuver are great, 85% of our job as drivers, whether it be truck, train, bus, plane, etc., is to respond to situations as fast as possible, applying common sense with training based upon the real world data that's in front of our windows. It's what separates us from robots and gives us an advantage against the unpredictability of human nature. The old terminology used to go, knowing was half the battle. I don't believe figuring it out through error was a part of that equation. This has been the SmartCast Podcast with Operator 1198. And we thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Drive safe and have a wonderful day.